0: Welcome to another episode of Nipe Story. This is a fortnightly podcast that brings you audio versions of short stories from Kenya and across the continent. I'm your host, Kevin Mwachiro. On this episode, we're featuring A Wife by Her Name by Fungai Tichwangana.
1: Maybe it was time to resign over your thoughts. Working on the man factor of the gender issue was such circuitous and unrewarding work. It seemed no one appreciated him. The men definitely didn't. Neither did many women, most of whom oscillated between irritation by and intolerance of his work and the ideology he was pushing. There were a few women who worked in Nigerian civil society with him though who always had praise for his work. They poured adulation over him. There, they gathered around him after panel discussions and presentations, telling him what a wonderful ally he was. If only there were more men out there like you, Ovie, they said, admiration in their voices, we need allies, and there aren't many of them. But even among the women in civil society, there were those who regarded him with suspicion, who cut him off whenever he tried to contribute during sessions, who found fault with his arguments. When he had first started, it had devastated him to think anyone would doubt his sincerity. But he had become accustomed to the negativity. It was part of the job. By the same token, as a younger man, the positive attention had driven him wild with excitement. So many women paying attention to him wanting to get his contacts, wanting him to come and speak at their event. But as all things do, it got old. Now, ten years into his career as an activist, he wanted results, real results. He wanted respect, not only from his peers, but also from the people in his community, from his extended family, and from other men. He wanted them to embrace the idea of a world where men and women coexisted as equals. But every time he went to a wedding, the pastor went on about the man being the head of the house and he bothered him. Every time he and his girlfriend Adja attended a party, He was reminded about how much the struggle still had to achieve by the way the women did all the preparation of the food and all the cleaning up afterwards, while the guys stood around like chumps, holding beers and having in-depth discussions about Manchester United's chances of ever winning the Champions League again. And his post on Facebook about men doing more in the home, doing more with the children and being champions of the fight against any form of gender abuse received few likes, few comments, and even less shares. He got snarky messages in his inbox from both men and women, some who were his friends, asking what was wrong with him. One young woman offered to be a really good wife to him. I will make you never want to utter those words, gender equality, again, she promised in a cryptic message he mused over often. Society was not changing, it seemed to him. In some aspects, it appeared that the fight for gender equality was moving back. Even in the US and in the UK, Countries that prided themselves for their progress on this front, women were not even earning the same as their male counterparts. Women were still doing most of the domestic work. His wedding to Aja was coming up soon. He was determined to use it as a statement for the world to see how things could be done differently. He met with the pastor to make sure there would be no bible verses or preaching about matters of headship in the house. He wanted the bride and the groom to walk in at the same time to get rid of this notion of the woman being given to the man, but he was vetoed by Aja. Are you crazy, Ovie? she asked him. When a bride walks down the aisle, that's her moment, that's her last walk as a single woman. You are not taking that away from me. They had written their own vows and in Ovie's version, he had made sure it was clear that he viewed this as a partnership. Aja, you are my light,' he said when the moment came. He had the paper with his vows all typed out in his pocket, but he didn't need it. He had it all memorized. "'You are my pillar of strength. You have made me the happiest man on earth. I am not here to lead you, but to love you. I want nothing more than to walk beside you for the rest of my days. I promise you my ready ear. I promise you my embrace always.' I promise you hot place of jollof and ikokore. I promise you endless cups of tea in the morning and foot rubs in the evening. I promise to be your co-adventurer, co-leader and co-follower on this adventure we're embarking upon. But most of all, I promise you wide and open, beating like a drum on a mountaintop, echoing across the valleys of time and space. My heart. As he finished it, Aja under her veil was shedding tears. A group of our friends from high school in the back jumped to their feet and started cheering and relating. Not to be outdone, some friends from university, somewhere in the middle, left of the aisle, leapt up and made even more noise. Then the bridesmaids were up. After exchanging a few glances, the aunties got up too and added their jubilation to the service. Wondering what it all meant for a man to co-lead, co-follow. The uncles were shaking their heads slowly, some without even knowing it. The younger men were whispering among each other, running a number of horror scenarios through their heads, cooking ni making tea in the morning. They threw fiery glances at their rejoicing women. One young woman Lindovan Van, said to her boyfriend, Darling, new levels right there. I hope you are taking notes. He raised one eyebrow at her and suddenly wanted to punch Ovie in the balls. In their new home, Ovie and Aja showed each other patience, tolerance, and it seemed like they could do each other no wrong. Married life was beautiful. Then one Monday morning, as Ovie sat in his office working on a presentation for an upcoming conference in Beijing on progress in gender issues since the famous World Conference on Women held in the same city in 1995, his phone started beeping continuously. At first he ignored it, but the beeps continued at a rapid rate. He swiped down on the notifications bar and it rolled down. Alja tagged you in the photo. Richmond reacted to a photo in which you were tagged. Richmond commented on a photo in which you were tagged. Oluchi reacted to a photo in which you were tagged. Emily reacted to a photo in which you were tagged. Chichima reacted to a photo in which you were tagged. Yvonne reacted to a photo in which you we were tagged. David reacted to a photo in which you were tagged. Ezudo reacted to a photo in which you were tagged. Michael reacted to a photo in which he were tagged. Quento reacted to a photo in which he were tagged. Mimuna commented on a photo in which he were tagged. Katie commented on a photo in which he were tagged. He swiped right to unlock his phone only to see that Aja Amobi was now Aja Okoro on Facebook. She had complimented the action of changing her surname by updating her profile picture to a beautiful photo of the two of them from their wedding. He was horrified. He hurried from the ballroom to his office. Why on earth has she done that? She needed to change it immediately. He tried to call her, but her phone went unanswered. He sent her a WhatsApp. You changed your name? Then he flopped down into his chair and threw his phone onto the desk, spun around, and picked it up again. She hadn't sent the message yet. He tried to call her. No answer. Damn. His PA came in with some documents for him to sign. She was wearing her Monday blouse, a low-cut cotton garment that maybe showed too much cleavage, but who was he to judge? He had long ago decided not to make any comments about his staff's clothing, even when it made him feel uncomfortable, because it wasn't about him, it was about them. He absent-mindedly signed them, deliberately not looking up at her because he did not want to appear to be looking at her chest. She thanked him and walked out. His phone rang and he died for it. Aja. Hi baby. Hello, she replied. I saw your message. Yes, I was surprised that you changed your surname. Why? I feel like it would be nice to be called Mrs. Okoro. I have been, no, Aja, you can't do that. You need to change it back. There was silence on the other end. Why? Because, he stopped. Because I go around preaching the gospel of liberated men, progressive men, and here I am, making my wife change her surname. Ovie, you didn't make me change my name. I changed it of my own accord. On the marriage certificate, I only kept my old name because you were so insistent. I wanted to change it, you know that. Yes, that's just it, Aja. People won't know that. People will think I am a hypocrite. People will to hell with people, Ovier. Why are you so concerned with what people think? Ovier was taken aback so he could not respond immediately. When he did, he had lowered his voice. Please change it, Daraja, baby, for me. Please change it. And I thought we agreed that no photos from the wedding on Facebook. He had used her phone name. Something he hardly did. Yes, she responded. Unmoved. We said for one month. We hid that day yesterday. And I really wanted to upload more photos but I only put one up. We have such beautiful photos from our special day. Surely. Okay, okay, but change your name back. Please. Silence. Aja. Yes. Will you change it silence beeping she hung up on me he tried calling her but her phone went unanswered he tried again she had switched it off by the time he packed up his things to leave the office agile Kuru was still agile Kuru. it seemed as if the whole of lagos had seen her post the new profile picture had over 500 likes the status of her changing her name had 900 plus likes 70 comments and 65 shares he kicked hard at his office door and the wood splintered. Next door, his PA sat up and said, Sir. He did not respond. He was staring at his phone. The name Aja Okoro, staring back at him, stubbornly refusing to budge. He refreshed the screen several times but it was still there. Aja Okoro. Aja was already home when he got there. He was not sure how he would bring up the subject again but he had to. Every permutation of words he had gone over during the drive home seemed confrontational, and he wanted to be as gentle as possible. Don't you want to maintain your independence as a modern liberated woman? He asked in a thoroughly modified version of the first words he had intended to utter. How liberated am I if my husband still feels he can force me to doing things his way? She shut him down without as much as batting an eyelid. Later that evening, Ovi was sitting at the dining room table trying to work on his presentation for the Beijing conference. This latest move by his wife made a lot of things he had written sound hypocritical. He slapped his laptop short and walked over to the window. He looked out over the garden where security lights illuminated all the corners. Every time in his years as an activist that he thought a light had come on that would share understanding and catalyze the change for some dark practice that held women behind, it seemed there was no agreement even among his own peers that this was indeed light or that if it was it should be turned on at all. When he came to the women in his life who were not activists when he came to the women in his life who were not activists, things got murkier. Some thought yes indeed, light. Others said no, the light is over there. This one is too dim. And others were not impressed at all. What light? We have all the lights we need. Men are light. Women follow That is how it is. Why are you trying to change that? And the men? There. The light switches were often glued in the off position, or not even present at all, leaving the live wires of anger and frustration buzzing overhead, not really wanting to be touched, not really wanting to electrocute anyone, but always quietly daring one to touch them. They didn't do much talking at breakfast the following morning. Ovie tried to find words to say he was sorry, but none came. Aja left first. She didn't kiss him goodbye as she normally did. She stood awkwardly at the door and looked at the floor while she fumbled in a handbag. Remember to come home early today, she said. Your parents are coming for dinner tonight. Sitting at the kitchen table, slowly spooning bran flakes into his mouth, he nodded absentmindedly without turning to look her away. Only when he heard that engine purr down the driveway did he let any sort of emotion register on his face. Women, he sighed, and then quickly checked himself. He sighed again. Relationships. At lunch that day, as I messed with an old friend. It is becoming crazy, Gloria. All I want is for him to relax sometimes and just be Ovie, not Ovie the activist. Everything he does has to be so proper, so politically correct. I don't want to keep my old name, and he's forcing me to. The surname thing is not a big deal, Aja. You are actually lucky in that regard. Do you know how many women are fighting to keep their names after marriage? Yes, I know, but I. Gloria looked at her expectantly. What will happen when we have children? I want us all to have the same surname as a family. I don't want to have a different surname from my children. Oh, I see. So that's what this is all about. No, Gloria, it's not all about that. You are going to think it's strange, but I just want to be Mrs. Okoro. I've dreamt about this for so many years, being Mrs. Someone. Does that make me unprogressive? Gloria did not reply. Aja Okoro. It has a nice ring to it. Girl, you're crazy. Do you love this man or you love his name? Ah, <laughs> you know me. Of course I love him. Mr. and Mrs. Okoro Sr. sat in silence as they watched their son serve up the beef stew he claimed to have just cooked. Aja came in with a bowl of fried plantain in one hand and Fufu in another. Ha, all my favorite things, smiled Mr. Okoro. Ovie made this too, Aja beamed. He insists that he makes Fufu better than me. Mr. Okoro's left eyebrow shut up. Mrs Okoro threw a cold look in the direction of her son, who was so deep in explaining why his recipe was better than his wife's that he didn't even notice it. But Aja did. She took a seat across from Ovie, avoiding her mother-in-law's accusatory gaze. You are married now, the older Mrs Okoro said to her son. You should let your wife do these things. She turned to Aja, isn't that so, my child? Aja swallowed, glanced at her husband, and then at his father. "'Eh, uh, yes, he... he likes to share the task in the home,' Ovi finished for her. "'Sharing is okay,' Mrs Okoro continued. "'As long as you're not sharing aprons and petticoats. "'With these things, you must take charge, Aja. "'You are the woman of the house. "'What do these men know about running a home?' "'She smiled in a joyless parting of the lips.' "'Ovi started to say something, then stopped. "'His father shifted in his chair.' I'm sorry about my mother, Ovier said, as the couple prepared for bed later that evening. No need to apologize. Our parents are from a different generation. We need to make our own rules. I don't even know what a petticoat looks like. That's because I keep all of them, Ovier said without missing a beat. They bust out laughing and for the first time in two days, felt some of the electricity that had brought them together. Ovie hated that his mother had said the things she had. She knew him well enough to understand that it would have been provocative. As he sat in his office the next day, staring out of the window, thinking of how to restructure his talk at the gender conference, something hit him, an idea that should have come his way a long time ago. He pulled out his phone and opened his Facebook app. You changed your name, I just said to him as she came in from work that evening. He had a coy smile on his face. It's not funny, you need to change it back of you. She put her bags down and stood over him. He pulled his gaze away from the TV and looked up at her. Huh? Yes, you need to change it back. If women can change their names, so can men. Why can't I be Mr. Amobi? You can't do that. My family will be horrified. My friends will think I... Ah, you see, what people think does matter to you. Of course it does. Just, she stopped. You are so difficult to work with. He held back his smile. As are you, Mrs Okoro. She looked at him. Frustration creased deep into the lines of her face, then left the room. Ovie felt that he had finally made his point, but it felt like an empty victory. What was the point, actually? He wasn't sure anymore.
0: A wife by her name was read to you by Harry Etier, and was written by Fungai Tichongana. Fungai is a Zimbabwean writer, journalist, and web developer who has a passion for the continent's young people. In 2015, he was awarded a Nieman Journalism Fellowship at Harvard University for his work documenting Zimbabwean society's arts and culture. And in 2018, his play "Fills of Glittering Things" was shortlisted for the BBC International Radio Playwriting Competition. You can find out more about his work at www.fungai.africa. Looking for a dynamic media house that offers top-notch TV and radio production, scripting and also develops media concepts? Look no farther than Zenith Productions. They provide great ideas that make brands stand out. That's Zenith Productions. For more details, visit their website zenithproductions.co.ke. Nipe Story is available to download wherever you get your podcast from. Please do me a favor, write a review and rate the podcast so that others can find us easily. And thank you so much for your ongoing support. You can follow us here on SoundCloud. On Facebook, we are Nipe Story, and on Twitter, our handle is Nipe underscore Story. Nipe Story is a finger piano production.